Is your mic on? You might have guessed it by now. I'm preaching on the Holy Ghost today. The Holy Ghost and fire. I hope you came expecting something. Because I'm looking for something big today. In the Old Testament, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost only came on priests, kings, and prophets. He came on them for a, a period of time for his service, and then he would go away, and he didn't dwell inside of them. Since the time of Adam, you see, Adam had the Holy Ghost. He walked with God every day. Adam could speak things, and they came into existence. Existence, everything, not into existence, but everything in the universe obeyed Adam, is what I meant to say. Everything that was around Adam could speak to it, and it had to listen to him. God had Adam name the animals even, so he could speak to them. He could tell a lion to go lay down, like I tell my dog, and he would. You getting this? But when Adam chose to sin, when he ate, when he chose to do the thing God told him not to do, he lost that at that time. The Spirit went back to heaven, the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost. Some people call it the Holy Spirit. We're going to call it the Holy Ghost in here today. Amen. The Holy Ghost, chose, he, he didn't want to live around the sin. He couldn't live with the sin. So he went back to God. And he would only come to priests, kings, and prophets for all this time until Jesus came. When Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. You see, they sacrificed animals and things. But it never was really good enough for the remission of the sins. It would show that they were sorry for him, but it never was really good enough for the remission where the Spirit of God could live inside of them. Until the ultimate <coughs> sacrifice, Jesus Christ came and died on the cross. You see, we've been talking about this since Christmas. This little baby came, and this was his whole purpose when he came here, was to die on the cross for my sins. And to get my authority back, take it back from the devil, give it back to me. Luke 10, 19 tells us that. He says, I give you power. I'm going to get into that a little bit later. I'm getting ahead of myself. So, until Jesus came, these things didn't happen. Here's the last thing that happened, though. Jesus tells them in chapter, uh, I'm in uh, Acts 1, I'm going to read 6 through uh, 9, I think, here today. But uh, right before this, Jesus tells them, John baptized with water, but you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. Not, not far from now, you're going to be baptized with the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. They didn't have any idea what he was talking about, I'm sure. But they needed this power. They needed this power to go on and be bold enough. We're going to give it a little later. Verse 6 says, Then they therefore were come together. They asked him saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? You see, at this time, Israel was under suppression of Rome, right? They had to go to the Romans to be able to crucify Jesus. They were looking, it was prophesied about in the Old Testament. They said, the Old Testament prophets said there was going to be the Son of God was going to come here, and he was going to, to uh, save Israel, basically. What they, what he was talking about. they thought it was going to come in the form of a king. He was a king. But in the form of a king that came to do physical battle, not spiritual battle, they didn't understand what he was talking about up to this point. So Jesus, at this point here we're talking about, Jesus had died on the cross. He was resurrected again. Three or four hundred people had seen him by this time. And he was talking to them this day, standing there, talking to his disciples. And so they asked him this question, now are you going to, since you've already died and you've been resurrected, now are you going to deliver Israel from Rome? And Jesus goes on to say to them, and he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye, what's ye mean? You. We, all of you, all of us. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall witness unto, you shall be my witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, 
while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Well, think about this. While Jesus tells them this, you're going to receive power today, Stephen, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And at the same time, his feet start to lift off the ground. He's ascended back into heaven with God. You've already seen him die. John was there when he died. And he was res resurrected again. And his feet start coming off the ground. What's the last thing you tell your loved ones when you leave the house in the morning? I love you. The thing you want them to remember the most, that's what you say last, right? You think this might mean something here, that this is the thing Jesus wants us to remember the most? But ye shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. When this Holy Ghost comes upon you, I'm going to talk about this for just a second. A lot of the old school kind of Christians, Pentecostals in particular, will try to cram it down your throat. You've got to have the Holy Ghost. You've got to have the Holy Ghost. You've got to have the Holy Ghost. I believe that the Holy Ghost came into me the day I was saved. The day you're saved, you ask the Spirit of God to come inside of you living you. Now, I'm not saying it's not important to be baptized in the Holy Ghost to speak in tongues. There's a couple different types of speaking in tongues we're going to teach on it today. We have a lot of young Christians here who may not know that. This may be a little wild for some of you. Some of you don't know much about this, but uh, when, when this Spirit of God comes <coughs> over you, it is like nothing else. It's like nothing else. You can't explain it. It becomes a first-hand experience at that point. Yeah. That's, why, that's why it gives you the power right then. Because I can tell you about this story, and I can tell you about it, and I can tell you about it, but there's always room for doubt in your mind. You can say you believe me. I can tell you about something that's carnal that happened on this earth. And you can say that you believe me, you do believe me, but if someone challenges this, you go up on a stand in the court of law, and you try to testify to the story that I told you. There's room for doubt in your mind. There's room to waver in your mind. There's room, you might think, well, he's an honest man, but maybe he, maybe he misinterpreted something. Maybe this was wrong, that was wrong. But if you were there and you saw it yourself, when it becomes a personal experience to you, it's real. It's a fact. That's right. It's a fact to you then at that point. And you can testify to these things after this. Yes. Without a doubt, without wavering. Yes. You get this? That's where it becomes real at. In Luke 10, 9, he says you're going to receive power now. It's a different word. A different word. The power he's talking about here is miraculous type of power. That you're going to receive when the Holy Ghost comes on you. Why do you think you get that power when the Holy Ghost comes on you, though? In Luke 10, 19, Jesus says, I give unto you power. The tread on the surface of scorpions, and all, the, all this basically says all the spirits are going to be subject unto you. It's a different kind of power there, though. The power there is authority. Now, if I have the authority, if I, give, I can give you all the authority in the world, but if you don't believe you have that authority, you're not going to exercise it, right? Amen. You cannot exercise that authority if you don't believe in what, I'm, right. what you're saying. That's right. Jesus told us to speak to the mountains, and they'll, show, and they'll be cast in the sea. He's not talking about a pile of dirt and a rock. He's talking about anything that seems large to you in your life. Right. It could be addiction. It could be anything. It could be sickness. It could be disease. It could be poverty. Somewhere else in the Bible, I think it's, I don't it's not important where it's at. It is important where it's at, but I don't remember right now. It says anything with a name. You have authority over anything with a name. It says Jesus is the head and we're the body. So we have the authority over all these things. Why are we living the way we're living? Why are we living the way we're living? We're living trodden down. We're living beat up. Why are we living these things? We don't really believe it. We don't really believe we have that authority. We've heard the story, but we don't really step out in that faith. We don't exercise God's word the way we're supposed to exercise it. It says that he gives us imaginations. The devil comes against our imaginations, and we believe what he says more. We believe the physical things more than we believe the spiritual things. And that's because we haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost, a lot of us. And even if we have been filled with the Holy Ghost, we walk away from those things. Yeah. We do it one time, and we, and I did it, I did it, that was great. We can show the elders of the church I did it, but then I put it back down again. And I keep on living my life in the carnal the way I was living before. 
Church, we need to be living filled with the Spirit daily. The disciples were filled more than once. If you read on in chapter 4, Peter himself was filled more than once. And what happened to Peter? We're going to get that in a minute. What happened to Peter, though? Peter was a timid man. He was kind of a weak type of, type of personality. But when he was filled with that Holy Ghost, when he had that witness of God, he had the power. He had the authority. He spoke against the whole crowd. I'm going to get that in, in another scripture here in just a second. Um, the, the, the power in Luke 10, 19 that he's talking about is authority. So he gave you the authority over everything on this earth. The power in Acts 1, 8 is a miraculous power he gives you. Wouldn't it be miraculous if you had the power of everything on earth? If you had the boldness to speak to things and they responded to you, they do through that Holy Ghost and fire. It's not you that has the power. You have the authority to, to use the power, kind of like a garage door opener. But the real power is the motor inside. The real power is the, is the Holy Ghost and fire inside of me. I can push the button. I can say the words can come out of my mouth. But if I don't really believe them, nothing's going to happen. If my battery's dead, nothing's going to happen. Right. Yeah. But if I believe what I say, and I'm standing on God's word, not just that I can go out here and say anything, that's not going to work like that. You have to stand on God's word. When I'm speaking God's word, it's going to happen. It's a fact. Do we believe that today, church? Yes. Do we believe that today? Are things happening for us today like that? Are we seeing miracles? We've seen some miracles here in this church, and it's been awesome. But are we seeing these things in our everyday life? Acts 2, 1 through 4 is my next scripture. It says that when the day of Pentecost is fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Who's he talking about here? There was 120 of them at first that went into this room, right? And they stayed in there and they waited on God. Now, the ones who weren't really sold out and weren't really wanting to wait on him, and they wanted to go off and do their own things, and they didn't really believe to start with, probably. I'm, I'm probably stepping out here a little bit. But they left. They didn't hang on long enough. They didn't wait long enough until Jesus told them, wait here in this place, and the Holy Ghost is going to come. <coughs> now, if Jesus told you to go here and wait in this building right here, would you leave until you got here? If Jesus told you this? Unless you didn't really believe what he said. Or you didn't really fully understand what he was saying to you, which I don't believe they probably did. Uh, <clears throat> the day of Pentecost was, was a, I need to give you this little bit here. The, the day of Pentecost was a feast they came to every day, like the Passover was. It started, we talked about this here a few weeks ago. The Passover was started when God delivered Israel from the Egyptians, right? So they would come and they would have a feast every year. You're looking at me funny, aren't you? Am I right on this? They'd come and have a feast every year because... God said he was going to kill all the firstborn to show Pharaoh that he was the one true living God. And he said, if you don't want your children to be, to be killed, then you go out and make your sacrifice. You put the blood over the doorframe, and the angel of death passes over those people. This is the same feast they're still, they're still observing in this day. So when the day of Pentecost is fully, gone, fully come, they, it goes on to say they were in this place. I just wanted to make that point to tell you. There was people from over a dozen different types of languages there, a dozen different countries because it was this big feast that everyone come together in this one city for. You need to understand that to be able to get the rest of what happens here a little bit. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Can you imagine that? It's like the door to fly open and a big wind to come through today. It goes on to say, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as of fire, and it set upon each of them, and they were all filled. They were all filled. Each and every one of them were filled. Everyone in this room got filled. That, that, that took the time to wait on God and to do what Jesus said and follow his commands. They all were filled and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They, they began to speak in other tongues. Do you think this was just babble? 
You think yeah. this was just Babel they were saying? No. Yeah. Because there were people from over a dozen other countries that were there. And you know what? They heard them. Yeah. And they understood what they were saying. And they said, wait a minute. How is it these, these laymen, who they were uneducated men, fishermen and, and tax collectors, pretty much uneducated men, they weren't, they weren't lessened, or they weren't schooled in other languages. Things. How do they know? How are they speaking in my language? How is it that I can hear them all speaking? Each one of us can hear them speaking in our native language. How is that? How is that? And one of them said, well, wait a minute, I know. I know, they're drunk. Yeah. Well, let me tell you this. I've been drunk a lot of times, and I ain't never spoken French, <laughs> or German, or anything else. I don't buy that story. And Peter says, oh, no, no, no. Wait a minute, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. And, and they haven't, we haven't drank anything yet. It's not that. It's the Holy Ghost. They're, we're filled with the Holy Ghost. Peter goes on to say, and Peter starts preaching right here. Peter speaks with boldness. Why does Peter speak with boldness? Because Peter had that personal experience. He had that personal touch from God. Right. It became real to him at that yes. time. Yeah. It wasn't something that he heard about. It wasn't something Jesus told him it was going to happen yeah. anymore. Jesus did tell him it was going to happen. But it wasn't that to him anymore. He had been touched. And it was real to him. He understood it. It was like if I, if I witnessed something for myself, or if I experienced something for myself, you can't talk me out of that anymore. I know that I know that I know that I know that this happened. Amen. It's not something that I was told about, and you might be able to talk me out of it, or you might be able to make me waver on my view of it, but I actually experienced this, and I know that it happened. There's nothing you can say to make me believe it didn't. Do you understand this? Yeah. Um, tell you about my experience now of getting filled with the Holy Ghost. A lot of people think it's a big scary thing. No. Well, I'll tell you, when I, got, when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, the door didn't fly open, the wind didn't blow, there was no fire. There was fire. It was the Holy Ghost in the fire. But there was no fire that I could see or anything. When I got filled with the Holy Ghost, um, Katie, her daughter, had been seeking the Holy Ghost. And, and like a lot of people, Katie, I hope you don't get mad at me for saying this, like a lot of people, we get intimidated with it a little bit. Because people all around you, they're pressuring you. Say it, say it, say it, just let it come out, say it. We're doing all these things, trying to get them to lead them into it. Not that the church is doing anything wrong, but we're trying to lead them into this. And then they come up here, and, and it doesn't happen. It's happened to me a bunch of times. I came up, nothing happened. Then everybody, you walk back and sit at your seat. You do the walk of shame and go back to your seat. But then I didn't get it today. But, and maybe everybody probably thinks I'm a big bad sinner now, and I, I'm doing something wrong. There's something wrong in my life that I didn't get it. And there's something wrong with me, and I didn't get it, and, and all these things. And that's what, that's what we believe. That's what we feel. <coughs> is, is that true? That's yeah. what a lot of us feel. So I, I thought this night, I, God had spoken to me in my spirit. Someone was going to get filled with the Holy Ghost. I, he didn't say someone, but I knew someone was going to get filled with the Holy Ghost this night. I thought it was going to be Katie. And my family was sad. We were let down. For some reason or other, Mr. Chapel had canceled. And we weren't having service that night. I worked nights. And I said, I told Brenda, I, I knew that we were supposed to praise God that night. God spoke that much to me. I knew we were going to praise God that night. So I asked Brenda, would you print off three or four songs off the internet? The words of them. Just the lyrics, no music, no nothing else, just the words. So we're going to praise God tonight. I didn't tell her that someone was going to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, I came home, and everyone else was in bed but Brenda. She's the only one that waited up. I knocked on the door, tried to get people up. No one wanted to come, no one wanted to, come to church when we were having. So we're just going to have church in our house by ourselves. So me and Brenda went in and sat down, and we took these words, and we pulled them out. We looked at each other and said, all right, go ahead and start singing, Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> You start singing. I gotta take this coat off, folks. He said, You start singing. No, I can't do it. I'm not a singer. So uh, we kept on and we kept on like that for a while. I ended up we we just started singing. It was just me and her sitting there. And how awkward can that be? You know, sitting there in front of my wife. We're one and I couldn't sing. And she couldn't sing in front of me. 
We had to force ourselves out of our box a little bit. We had to force ourselves to wait on the Lord. We started singing to God, not singing to each other. I, I didn't used to sing at all. I'd stand there like a bump on a log and look at you when they sing in church or anything because I can't sing. And if I couldn't swim, I wouldn't get in the water. I just wouldn't do it. But God made me to worship him. His word says, if I don't praise him, the rocks will cry out and praise him. So I realized at that time that I need to praise God. I'm doing it for him. And he made me just the way I am. So I must sound pretty good to him. Right? Yeah. You must sound pretty good to him because he made you just the way you are. And he wants you to see, wants you to praise him. So we started praising God this night in our in our bedroom, sitting in our bed with these with these papers laid out there that had the words printed on them. And Brenda was filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in the Holy Ghost when she was young, with evidence of speaking in tongues. And she reached over and put her hands on me, and she started to pray for me. And I, I don't know what she prayed or if I think she might have spoken in tongues or something. Then I don't know what happened. But the power of God came over me. And let me tell you what. It wasn't something that I had to wonder. Because before when I'd been prayed for and I'd been anointed, these things were in my head. Should I let this go out of my lips? Should I let this go out of my mouth? But when yeah. he came over me, there was no fire, there was no wind or anything like that. But when he came over me, things just began to flow out of my mouth. Yeah. They came out of my mouth. There was no doubt about it because it was not of me. It was something else. It was God. It was the Holy Spirit. It just came out of me. Amen. How many of you have been in these same shoes? We've all been right there before. There's two different types of speaking in tongues, so I want to educate you on this today. There's, there's tongues like that. That's for edifying you, for edifying your spirit, your soul, for edifying myself. It's for me. It's a prayer language I have for talking to God. It only edifies myself, and it, it's done mostly in private. But there's another type. It's called tongues and interpretations. I know Sister Rhonda, is, you, you gave tongues, you've interpreted before, both. And it is, so correct me if I get some of this wrong, I've been reading up on it, but it, I've, I've never had this, this gift. But tongues and interpretations is someone, God will give someone a tongue, and that person must have the interpretation, or they're out of line by giving. And when tongues are given, it can only be two or three. If it's more than two or three, someone's out of line, and, and, and it's wrong. It's, it's, it's another type of spirit besides the Holy Spirit giving it. It's something completely different. So if there's ever more than two or three given, we, we will, we'll correct that here. Uh, anyway, so someone gives the tongues, and then someone else usually will give the interpretation. So they'll give the tongues that we don't understand. It's in another language. Right. But the interpretation comes from God to another person completely. Now, this person knows the interpretation, but the other person will give the interpretation to prove that it's from God. Right. And it will be a message to the body, the body of Christ, to the church, from God. Yes, this is another type of tongues, yes. tongues interpretations. Everybody know that? Is that clear to everybody? Yeah. Sounds a little wild, huh? Sounds great. Sounds great, doesn't it, brother? I'm going to give you the chance here in a minute. <laughs> I don't know about tongues and interpretations. I get back to my notes here real quick. Um, verse 17. I've heard a lot of talk about people saying that that's for, that's for the disciples. That was for people 2,000 years ago. That was for all those people. But, but hold on. Because chapter 2, verse 17 says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. That's right. What are you? What am I? We're flesh. flesh. All flesh. God says all flesh right here. He also says in verse 37 through 39, he says when Peter began to say these things to them, they, they, began, they, they got convicted. says their hearts were pricked. They were convicted. You ever came to church? Stephen was talking about this this morning. You ever came to church and felt like, man, that preacher was talking about me. He was talking about me all day long. Stephen invited my sister in. She said, well, I'll come, but he can't talk about me. 
And he said, well, that's all right. Just come whatever day you want to come. Don't tell nobody you're coming. That way he won't know you're going to be there. He won't know who he's talking about. That's conviction. That's conviction. That's right. So they were convicted in that day. They repented. I mean, that's what repent means. Turn away. It doesn't means turn away. It doesn't mean say what you did wrong and then keep all right on trucking. That means you turn away from it. When that spirit inside of you speaks to you and says, hey, this was wrong, brother. Okay, God, I'm sorry. You're right, and I'm wrong. I'm going to turn away from this thing. I'm not going to do that thing anymore. And then you know what it says happened to him next? They were filled with the Holy Ghost. Does that tell you it wasn't just for the disciples? Because my Bible goes on and teaches me that there were 3,000 people that day added to the, to the church. 3,000 of them. There were only 12 disciples. 13 if you count Paul. There were only, there were only that, that's not 3,000. And God added to the church daily. And they were in awe of the miracles of things that happened. And they were in awe because of the boldness they had. The boldness that Peter had. Because he had faith. The Bible says, speak to the mountain in faith. Jesus says, it's written in red, speak to the mountain in faith. You get that faith from the Spirit coming on you. You get that faith because it's a first-hand experience. It's not something I told you about anymore. That's like when I read the Bible to you, there's room for doubt. You might believe me. You might say you believe me in here when I read you these scriptures just now. Right? But when, let someone challenge your faith. Let someone challenge what I just told you. And you'll waver. You'll say, well, I don't know. Brother Forrest read that to me, but I don't know. You know maybe. I don't know. Maybe he was reading a different translation. But you know what? That's why I encourage you to go home and get in your own Bible. That's why these are up here. Write these down. Take them home with you. Read them again. Read them tomorrow. Maybe a couple times a day. Read them Tuesday. Read them Wednesday. And then come back Thursday. We'll give you some more scriptures you can go home again with. Amen. When you do this, you have first-hand experience. You have Bible knowledge. When you read it out of the Bible for yourself, when someone comes against your faith, what happens then? Oh, no. I read that in the Bible. It's right here in my Bible. I read it. Look, it's highlighted right here. You can't tell me any difference in that. It's the same thing with the Holy Ghost, folks. Um, it also says, I think in verse 39, as many as God shall call. This will be for your children, I think it says. And for as many as God shall call. Has God called you today? Has God called you to be here? You might think it's an accident that you're sitting here today. But God's word says he chose you to be in, in a relationship with even before he formed the earth. So you might, you might think you're here by some chance, brother, because Liz hounded you out here or whatever. But it says you're here to be in a relationship with him before he formed the earth. I was here to. So he knew you were going to be here on this day. He knew this. He knew this word was for us. I didn't have any idea who was going to be here, but he knew thousands of years ago. So they read all these miracles. Um, I have one more question for you now. What, does this sound pretty good to you? This power and this authority and all these things? We can speak to sickness. If the devil tries to put cancer on me, or any kind of an ache or pain or anything like that, I can speak to it. Jesus said I can speak to it if I have the faith, and it'll move. If I want to quit smoking, I can speak to it, and it'll move. It'll get out of my life. Mm -hmm. If I want to quit any kind of thing, you know, I can speak to it, and it'll get out of my life. It's not me saying this. Jesus said it. You can read it for yourself. It's written in red. That sounds pretty good, huh? It does. Sounds pretty good for us to be slain in the Spirit in here and talking in tongues, doesn't it? What would you be willing to do for that? That's what you got to do. Whatever you say, Lord, whatever you say, we'll do it. Are you there today? What would you be willing to do as an individual? What are we willing to do as a body? We're all the body of Christ, this church. The Bible speaks of it as a church. It's not this building, though. This church isn't the building. I'm the church. You're the church. You're the church. You're the church. We're all the church. 
We're the body of Christ, and Jesus is the head. So what are we willing to do as a body? And she just said it, surrender all. Anything that God tells us to do, we have to be willing to do that thing. Are you willing to do that today? God has spoken some things into people's lives today in here. I know it. You know it as well as I'm standing here. He said some things to us that we may have shrugged off. We may have turned the other way a little bit. We may have lived with that conviction for a while, and then we got back off our horse and we stopped living that conviction. I'm not pointing anyone out in here, but I, I know this for I know this I know it in my spirit. God showed me this. We're, we are not all doing what we need to be doing. What we know is right. Now I'm not condemning anybody for any sin. The Bible says, for him to know it to do it good and do it not, to him it is sin. So some things may be sins for me that I've been convicted of that may not be a sin for you. And vice versa. It may be a sin for you, not for me. But we're not all living those convictions today. Are we willing to do that as a whole church? Do we want to see that kind of power come out of this church? Do we want to see healings and miracles and people standing around in awe because of things happening? You know that, uh, was it Paul who walked down the street? He's one of the disciples. Walked down the street and they would bring sick people out in the road in hopes that his shadow would fall on them. Yeah. And they'd be healed just from his shadow falling on them. And you know what the Bible says? Those guys did great things, but greater will he do who hasn't seen Christ. That's right. yeah. So he's talking about us right there. Right. He's talking about me and he's talking about you. Do you want this kind of power in your life? Yes. Are we willing to do it? Are we willing to take the steps? Are we willing to step up here today and ask God to, to baptize us? I know there's people right now. That I know He showed me today there's going to be people that he's pulling out of their chairs to come up and ask for this baptism. There's no shame in it. It sounds a little crazy if you have never done it before, but it's really awesome. It is. Is anyone willing to take that step today? Step out of your chair and ask God and say, God, I'm ready. Whatever you say to me to do, I'm not going to shrug it off anymore. I'm going to do it. You're right, and I'm wrong. You're always right. I'll do it, Lord. Maybe you need to come to these altars and make yourself right with God. Maybe you need to ask for forgiveness before you step up in this line here and be anointed and ask to be baptized. Is that you today? I could get whoever wants to come and pray, come pray. If you want to be anointed, come be anointed. If you want to be baptized today, step out today. Is it just me? I know God didn't give me this message just for me. Come on, get up out of your seat. If you've been baptized before, like Brenda, she's been baptized before. Maybe you need another dose. Maybe you need to go back there again. Maybe you're not living in victory the way you could be living in victory. Maybe you're not living in the authority that you have or the power that you have. Maybe you're not doing that today. There you go. Sister Ron, Sister Ron, you want to help me today? Thank you. Feel free to come to the altars today. Andy, can we get a little bit of music? Feel free to come to the altars today if you need to come to the altars and make things right with God. If there's something you need to put under the blood, come down. Thank you. Praise you. Thank you, Father. Lord, I pray that you would touch prayer today, Lord. Give her your power, your glory, Father God. Wash over her like a flood today, Father God. Lord, I pray that you would baptize her again today, Father. 
baptize her again, Lord, in your son Jesus' name, Father God. Lord, I thank you, Daddy. I praise you, Lord, for your power, Daddy. Thank you, Father. Praise Lord. Hallelujah. 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 I pray that you would remind us to walk in your spirit daily, Father God. Remind us who you are. Lord, I pray that you would baptize her. God, have your will. Lord, fill her full again right now, Lord. A fresh start, Lord, in your spirit, Father God. Thank you, God. I praise you, Lord. Holy, 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 holy. Holy is your name. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, God. Give her Father God, to spread your word. Spread your word, Father God, like, like she's never done before. Lord, I pray that you would give her this first hand. A refreshing, a fresh breath of this man. I praise you. I thank you, God. I love you. Holy is your name, Father God. We thank you. Thank you, Father God. We love you. Praise you. Praise, 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 praise,
thank you, Jesus. I love